episode 12, why your failures might be the very thing that make you a good mom. This is the Expat Mom Podcast, a podcast for expat moms around the world who want to feel better and improve their emotional health as they navigate the unique challenges of living and mothering abroad. I'm your host, Jenny Linton. I'm a certified life coach, a mom to four daughters, and married to a U.S. diplomat. I've lived in six countries on four continents. I know what it's like to feel stuck emotionally, and I know how to get unstuck. I'm excited to share with you some tools to help you feel less discouraged, improve your relationships, and increase your confidence. Welcome back to the Expat Mom Podcast. Thanks for being here. I hope you had a wonderful week. I'm looking forward to discussing our topic of failures and how they influence our kids. This is actually a tender week for me. It's been about nine years since my mom passed away from cancer. I was really close to her, and her loss has had a really significant impact on my life. In honor of her, I wanted to share one of the important lessons that she taught me. It was something she taught me not with her words, but with her failure. During my high school years, my mom struggled a lot with depression. I remember her explaining her diagnosis. She was really relieved to finally have an explanation for how she felt for the past few years. However, she also struggled with deep guilt about how she had functioned and behaved during her depression years. She was not guilty of any terrible crimes or abuse or neglect, but she hadn't been the mom that she wanted to be. She yelled sometimes, she got easily overwhelmed, she wasn't as present and involved as she might have been if she was healthy. She asked my siblings and I to do a lot more babysitting and errand running and cooking than we wanted to. In her mind, she had failed. I remember the night that my parents called us all together one evening, and she told us she felt that she had failed us as a mother because of her depression. My mom had noticed the gap between where she was and where she wanted to be. And I felt terrible because she was thinking about her diagnosis of depression and her past behavior as an ending, as if the story was all told. From that place, she felt really stuck. At the time, she viewed everything that had happened as the end, as if her actions or lack of them had ruined us and ruined her label as a good mom permanently. We loved our mom and appreciated her. She loved us and taught us. Some of us did feel exhausted and even frustrated with the additional burden of responsibilities created by her depression. We all felt a little bit of lack of emotional presence that we had hoped for to some extent. But none of us would have considered her a failure. I certainly didn't. But in her mind, she had failed. What she couldn't anticipate at the time was that this was not the end of her story. It was only the middle. What she had perceived as failure would actually become an important help to me and some of my siblings later on. In fact, it proved much more valuable than any additional work or help she might have taken on or any additional connecting moments we might have had. Let me describe what I mean by her failure was only the middle of her story. My daughter and I have been reading about what happens after the happily ever after in the fairy tale of Snow White and the Evil Queen. The author tells the evil queen's backstory of tragedy and how she became vengeful enough to try to poison her own stepdaughter. As the story evolves, the evil queen slowly changes and is redeemed by becoming a hero in the story. It's hard to think of a better personification of a mother who's failed than the evil queen. And I love the idea that this author had of creating an after story that shows the queen's evolution. 
As we write our own stories, we often view failure as the end. Like we tried and we failed. End of story. But this is really incomplete thinking. If you look at a story arc, where does the problem come in? It's not at the end. It's at the middle of the story. The best part of any story is the second half, how the character changes, improves, and succeeds. Most of us imagine that to be a good mom, we should be kind, happy, and loving, consistent, wise, essentially perfect. But can you imagine what a boring life that would be? The failure or the conflict is what makes a story rich and interesting, both for the characters who have the weakness and failure and for the people around them. If we think of failure as the end of the story, there isn't much to tell. It's over. The only thing left to do is languish in discouragement. We are stuck. But how would things change if we stepped back and looked at failure as the middle of our story instead of the end? What if we looked at failure as the climax of our story, the very thing that could make our story rich and drive growth for ourselves and our children? In other words, what if we viewed our failure as just one of the small stepping stones to getting where we ultimately hope to go and becoming who we know we're capable of becoming? And possibly even more significantly, what if our failures might help our children to become who they are capable of becoming? Once my mother was able to recognize that she was depressed, she was able to start getting medication. She began counseling, and she began to do some work sorting through some of the unhealthy ways of thinking about herself and the world. She wrote in a letter to her children, As the ensuing weeks and months passed of working on getting better from depression, I felt that the burden of my mind was lifted and the hurts of my heart were healed. It was like I had a new mind and heart. She also describes a shift in perspective that rather than feeling guilty about all of the impact on her children, she was able to see that maybe her example of working through difficult challenges would be a blessing to her children over time. It was like she was able to see that this was not the end of her story. This was the middle. Now let me tell you the rest of the story. As children, we watched her through her whole struggle. And we struggled along with her at times. As she worked to feel better, she shared interesting things she was learning and ways she was changing along the way. I can clearly remember her telling me about David Burns' 10 types of twisted thinking patterns while she did the dishes. And I can remember seeing her log her own thoughts and try to untwist them. I remember her teaching our family at a family gathering about relationships and collusive behaviors that drive difficulties. And our children weren't the only ones she shared with. My mom was diagnosed with depression during an era when it wasn't talked about very much. I remember her feeling worried to share her diagnosis, even with extended family at first, but she decided to be brave and reach out and share her experience as it occurred. She shared with family and close friends. Eventually many people were touched and instead of judgment, she received a lot of love back as she learned some helpful tools. She began to become a resource for others who struggled. They would come to her for resources, comfort, and ideas. She even did some workshops to teach principles that had helped her. Many people were touched by her experience. In fact, to this day, I still have people who tell me that my mom helped them in this area. She still struggled with feelings of depression and anxiety from time to time, but she was able to stay relatively emotionally healthy most of the time. What I didn't know then as I was watching her go through this process was how this modeling would be a linchpin of my own healing later. About 10 years later, I had graduated, gotten married, moved abroad, and was transitioning to young motherhood. 
with all of the changes, I found I wasn't functioning as well as I wanted to. I didn't feel like myself. I was irritable and anxious and couldn't make decisions very well. Everything seemed difficult and frustrating. It was a dark time for me. It was scary and overwhelming. I was worried about my ability to function and how my behavior and feelings were affecting my own relationships. In many ways, I felt like I had failed. Eventually, I was diagnosed with depression. I called my mother. I knew she knew not only the pain of depression, but also the pain of feeling like a failure. She was an amazing support to me, both in empathy, but also in providing resources. This was something she never could have supported me in to the extent that she had without going through it herself. But even more powerful than her presence and advice was the story of the journey that she had lived. I knew there was hope to feel better because I had watched her suffer and struggle and find healing. I did get help. I found medication and counseling and some amazing tools from life coaching. There were a lot of hard weeks and months and years, but I began to feel better. Sometimes I slipped back into depression, but my anchor of hope was my mother's failure and her subsequent journey out of it. This helped give me endurance to continue on my own journey of healing. It helped me see that this was only the middle of my story, not the end. And I did grow tremendously and begin to see the world differently. I began to change in a similar way as I had seen my mom change. But even though I was feeling better, I was still worried about all the quote unquote failed exchanges in my own relationships that felt like failures. I worried I had ruined my children because I had yelled at them and been irritable. I worried that I had contributed to their anxiety by not functioning as well as I would have liked. I worried that I had damaged my marriage and set in place patterns that were unchangeable. Whether or not those things were true is probably debatable, but regardless, thinking about it that way wasn't helping me repair them. My story wasn't over and neither were my relationships. It wasn't lost on me that I was repeating the same patterns for a second generation. I realized that it was not just my mother's success at healing that had been helpful to me. My mother's failure also gave me hope. Knowing that my mom had experienced depression and had still been an incredible mom to me gave me hope that I could experience depression and still be an incredible mom. Seeing the end of her story made me realize that this didn't have to be the end of my story. This could simply be the middle. It was possible that my kids could also benefit from my failures. The more I began to look at my depression as only the middle of my story, I was able to begin to see it less as a failure and more as an important part of my journey. Over time, my experience with depression has actually been an important part of what has made me who I am. In fact, it's part of what has compelled me to find coaching. It's changed how I interact with people. It's changed how I view myself and it's changed the career path that I was on. In addition, over time, I've been able to teach my daughters better ways of thinking so they can see the world in a healthier way. I never could have gifted this to my daughters without first being able to go through it myself and learn how to change the way that I view things. In fact, what I originally viewed as failure has become one of my greatest strengths. I've learned how to be more emotionally resilient and how to help my daughters become more resilient as well. I'm still in the middle of my story. There's much more to write. When I remember this, it puts my mistakes in context. When my failures become the middle of my story instead of the ending, it changes how I see them. 
From my perspective now, my failings are not failures anymore. They're plot twists that make the story richer. And not only does it all work out, but the failures often create the most powerful parts of the story and are the very things that allow me to become whom I'm meant to become and my daughters to become who they are meant to become. So how can we stop thinking about failure as the end of our story and start thinking of it as the middle? I want to offer you three brief ways. Number one, give yourself grace. It's normal and even healthy to notice a discrepancy between where you are and where we want to be in our behavior, relationships, and goals. One of the meanings of the word grace is to offer an extended period in order to fulfill a specific obligation. Do we do that to ourselves? Do we demand perfection immediately? Or do we offer ourselves a little extra time to evolve into something better? We often think that we have to beat ourselves up into being better. Like somehow if we say enough mean things, then suddenly we will do better. But the irony is that when we beat ourselves up for failures, we are actually less likely to keep trying to improve. You can't beat yourself up into being better. In fact, when we do beat ourselves up, we often discourage ourselves and we stop trying. Some people worry that if we stop beating ourselves up, suddenly we'll become an unmotivated, terrible slob who doesn't live up to who they want to be. But ironically, offering ourselves grace or an extended time period to become the person we want to be can actually help us have the courage to keep trying and making our failures only the middle of our story. One of my clients frequently yelled at her kids and I asked her, what do you say to your kids after you yell at your kids? She said, I guess I think things like, I shouldn't yell. I'm such a bad mom. So I asked her how that made her feel when she thought those things about herself. Oh, guilty and embarrassed, she said. I asked her how she interacted with her kids when she felt guilty and embarrassed. Well, usually I go to my room and ignore them, or I keep yelling and blaming them for making me mad. This is a really common cascade of thoughts and feelings and emotions that most of us as moms have experienced. But I pointed something out to her, that she, by her unkind self-talk, was actually creating more of the behavior that she didn't want to do by beating herself up. We explored what it might look like to give herself grace after she yelled at her kids. For example, her self-talk might look like, wow, that was a lot of yelling. I am really mad. I'm going to take some deep breaths for a few minutes so that I can get back to the kind of mom that I want to be. I'm just figuring this out. As we offer ourselves grace or an extended time period, we can pivot in our story from being the villain of our story to being the hero. The second way to be able to think more about our failures as the middle of our stories instead of the end is to have confidence in others. Many of us have a deep fear of hurting others with our inadequacies. And absolutely, we would never want to hurt others on purpose. But in the midst of our humanness, we will hurt others. Instead of staying stuck in the fear and humiliation or guilt about failures, we can exercise confidence in others. Confidence that if we keep trying, our failures may become a blessing to those around us. We can have confidence that if we keep trying, our failures may become a blessing to those around us. And we can have confidence that even if we never get to perfection, which of course we won't, others will benefit from our failures. They'll benefit from seeing that they can be imperfect and still be a blessing to others. And often they benefit 
by learning to compensate for some of our failures. The more we see possibility in our failures, the more others will be able to see it too. Here's an example. Since I have been a stay-at-home mom for several years, transitioning back to working has been a little bit of a challenge. One day, I was coaching and one of my daughters was knocking on the door. I felt an immediate pang of guilt. I started thinking, I feel so bad, I can't be with her right now, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. She had a babysitter and she was perfectly fine. She just wanted to be by me. But I was feeling guilty like I wasn't enough and that I had failed her. One of my coaches asked me later as we were working through this, do you think there could be any benefit to her by being a little bored or wanting you when you aren't available? This was a really interesting question. As I considered it, I realized that maybe it could benefit her. She might feel bored enough to find an activity and she might learn that she could handle boredom. She might learn to be a little bit more independent. She might value our time together more. And frankly, so might I. She might learn the important concept that mommy isn't always available, and she might learn how to soothe herself when she's upset. As I thought about these things, I realized that if I could have more confidence in her and her ability to handle the situation, I was actually able to do a better job of being the mom that I wanted to be for her. We're better able to help our children succeed by having experiences and overcoming challenges when we're not beating ourselves up for creating the challenges. The third tip for being able to see our failures as the middle of our story instead of the end is to seek out failure. Now this might sound a little counterintuitive because many of us think if I fail, I'm not enough. But what if the opposite is true? What if when we're not failing, we're not stretching ourselves to become the version of ourselves that we can be? In fact, if we aren't failing very often, we might not be setting big enough goals and we might not be stretching ourselves to be growing and learning as much as we could. One author suggests keeping track of your failures. He suggests trying to get at least three failures a month. Now, these aren't things that you purposely try to fail at. These are things that you give your all to, but you fall short on. Maybe you really try to see your child in a new and more loving way. Maybe you try to invite three friends out to lunch. Maybe you ask your boss for a raise. Maybe you finally take a risk in your business. To fail, you often have to go bigger. And as you do, you often succeed a lot more than you think you will. But you have to be willing to fail. And as you're willing to seek out failure, to actually try to fail, so to speak, you actually find more fulfillment and success than you thought was possible. And the failure becomes simply the middle of your story. When I began coach training, my mentor said, Are you willing to be bad at coaching? Because you have to be bad at coaching to become good at it. She encouraged us to start practicing coaching on each other from week one. This felt so overwhelming as I had hardly learned any techniques. And I was bad at first. But ironically, not as bad as I thought I would be. Something about being willing to be bad actually allowed me to have more confidence to keep trying and improving. Seeking out failure helps us see it differently. It helps us see failure as just part of the journey to success. The only thing that makes failure failure is the way we think about it. It's only a fail if it's the end and we stop trying. Then failure can become final. So stop thinking about it as the end of your story. 
Get out the metaphorical pen and keep writing the rest of your story. In other words, get up and try again and again and again. And over time, you get stronger and wiser and you craft a story that feels like success. Some of the ways that we can shift out of believing that failure is the end of the story are by one, giving yourself grace, two, having confidence in others, and three, seeking out failure. As we shift towards these perspectives about failure, we are better able to see failure as the climax of our story. We can write the second half of our story, which is the richest and the most beautiful because the hero gets stronger and wiser. And as a result, the failure isn't final. As we try and try again, failure is the very thing that drives us to become the person we were meant to become. And it's very likely that it will drive your children to become who they are meant to become. Is it possible that your failure might be the very thing that makes you a good mom? If you want help feeling less discouragement and overwhelm in mothering, I would love for you to sign up for a 30-minute free coaching session on my website. We can really dig into what's causing you to feel that way and help you identify how you can feel better so you can be the mom that you are meant to be. I want to thank everybody who's left a review, and I would love it if you haven't had a chance to read, to write a review yet, if you would take just a minute and click at the bottom of your podcast app and leave one. Thank you so much. If you'd like help applying the tools you're learning on this podcast, sign up for a free, private, 30-minute mini coaching session on any topic you'd like help on. You can schedule it on my website, theexpatmom.com forward slash schedule. Also, if you like this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes to help other people find it. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.